why I retired my podcast network. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Did you know I once directed a podcast network? And did you also know that I retired that same podcast network a year ago in spring 2019? I want to share with you some of the lessons that I hope that you can learn from that, especially if you're considering or are part of a network, as well as digging in a little bit more of why I chose to do that. And the first thing I want you to know in all of this, you might be thinking, oh, the podcast network model is dead, or I know even Adam Curry, whom I respect so much, and he is the one who started podcasting. He often says in his No Agenda podcast, of which I am a big fan, I am a knight of the No Agenda roundtable. I have my ring and everything. He says you can't monetize the network. That's something I actually disagree with on him, and it might be one of the only things, podcasting-wise, with which I disagree with him. But I think you can monetize the network, and I think a network can succeed. But Noodle Mix Network, the network that I created, was not positioned properly to succeed. Now, I think we did succeed with it despite my mistakes along the way with the network, and I will take full responsibility for the mistakes that we made along the way. I I really don't think our hosts on the network made mistakes or bear any of the responsibility. It was really on me and the way that I even started the network. But despite those mistakes, I do think the network was a success. It accomplished what I set out to accomplish with that network, and it accomplished some things that I never dreamed we would have accomplished with it. I'm going to mention a few links in this episode, so if you want to get those links, they're a tap away inside of your podcast app or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash noodle mix. That's M-I-X. So first, the history of my podcast network, a brief history. I founded Noodle Mix Network, which in the more recent years, I renamed to Noodle Mix. That's two words and spelled like it sounds, Noodle, M-I-X, Noodle Mix Network, and use the domain noodlemix.net. I don't mind mentioning that domain now because when I buy a domain and if I use it, I hold on to it for forever. So don't even think about squatting that domain because I'm going to hold it until I die. Originally, when I launched the network, this was when the new top-level domains were becoming more popular. A top-level domain or TLD is the dot something at the end of a domain, like .com, that's a top-level domain, .net, .org. Those are the most popular ones that have existed for as long as the internet. Well, other ones started coming along like .tv and other cool ones. And I saw my friend Cliff Ravenscraft had gspn.tv and Leo Laporte had twit.tv. And there were other cool .tv networks like that showing up. And I thought, that's really interesting, but I don't do video but I do want a cool network name. And so the network Noodle Mix came from a few ideas. First, the very first podcast I created was The Ramen Noodle. That's the podcast I started in 2007, a clean comedy podcast. And I have since officially retired that podcast. It's not available anymore. I knew that I wanted the network to somehow tie in with that first podcast that I started, going back to my roots in some way. And I was playing with different domains, like using the word ramen, but I didn't like how I would hear different people pronounce the word ramen and even just saying it. If you've never noticed, 
One of the things that I am self-conscious about here and there is how I struggle to clearly pronounce my R's. So worldwide is one of the words I hate the most. And I knew that I don't want to have to pronounce a word like ramen so much because I have to really be intentional to pronounce it ramen already. And often I'm thinking very intentionally about pronouncing my R's so that they sound good. February is another one of those words, by the way, that I just hate saying it. And library, I'm okay with, but this is a tangent. I knew that I didn't want to have to run into that every time I mentioned the name of my network. So as much as I liked thinking about words or ways that I could use the word ramen, I didn't want to have to pronounce the R in ramen so much. And people pronounce ramen differently, like Roman and ramen and emphasizing it differently. And there are some other ways I've heard people pronounce it or spell it oddly. Then I started focusing on the word noodle. And as you might know, noodle can also refer to your brain. And using the word noodle as a verb can mean to kind of mull something around in your mind, to think about it, to ponder it in different ways. And I thought, that sounds really cool. So I want to use the word noodle because my network is going to be content that gives you something to think about. Because at that time, I had three podcasts in mind for the network. Two of the podcasts I already was hosting. Those were The Ramen Noodle, a clean comedy podcast, and Are You Just Watching, a Christian podcast teaching critical thinking skills about movies. And so those were thinking podcasts, and I was about to start this new podcast called The Audacity to Podcast, and that was also thinking-oriented. So I realized that using the word noodle and all of these podcasts that kind of help you think as well as think just comically about life, the word noodle really fit well. And I realized then that I had a mix of podcasts. Now, I should have realized that was going to be a big problem, which I'll talk more about some of the mistakes later. But I came up with this idea of noodle mix as I was looking at different top-level domains and found .mx. I thought, ooh, that looks cool. Like noodle.mx could be the domain name. So it's noodle mix. And that's how you would say it is noodle mix. So even though I would always write it noodle.mx network, you would speak it as noodle mix. Well, that turned out to be a big mistake because people would often say it's the noodle.mx network or the noodle mx network. And that started getting confusing. And then having a noodle.mx domain, .mx is a Mexican top level domain. Having that as my domain, <laughs> I got a lot of spam in Spanish, which was funny to me. But I launched the podcast network then with that name. I actually registered a couple other domains when I was thinking of different ideas of like using my official business name as part of the network. And then I realized no one cares about my business name. It doesn't communicate anything about a podcast network from the business name. So I ended up wasting some money on some .tv domains and some other domains I'd registered. But I liked Noodle Mix Network. And I even had some shorter forms of that that I could use. So I launched that with the Audacity to Podcast in June 2010, and I announced it at a podcamp in Cleveland in that same year. And I was so excited about it, thought it was a big deal, ended up not really being as big of a deal as I thought it would be. But my goal in bringing that network together, even though it started with podcasts that I was hosting, I was the primary host of Are You Just Watching? Since then, my co-host, E. Franklin, has taken over those hosting duties, and she is now the primary host. and 
She found a co-host to continue that show with her. I started The Ramen Noodle. I still am the host of the Audacity to Podcast, if you haven't noticed. So when I started, yes, it was me. And that's what I saw with other podcast networks. Like This Week in Tech was Leo Laporte was on every show on his network back then. And also with GSPN.TV, Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast network was all shows that he was hosting. And I knew that that was my starting point. But I also knew that's not where I wanted to go ultimately. I wanted to bring in other smart podcasters with similar mindsets and with an eye and ear for high quality production and high quality content that they could bring their own shows into the network and host them without my being involved. And I thought that through this, and here come the buzzwords, that we could grow through synergy and community support, cross-promotion and sponsorship. And we did to some degree, not as much as I wanted to. And that goes back to some of the mistakes that I made with the network. So Noodle Mix Network combined those pre-existing shows, The Ramen Noodle and Are You Just Watching, with the brand new show that I was launching at that same time called The Audacity to Podcast. And it all lived under a single website, noodle.mx. At that time, at some point, I did then split those out into individual sites with WordPress multi-site. Oh, boy, that was an ordeal. But then with those three shows, over the years, Noodle Mix Network grew to host 14 different podcasts. So there were those original three, The Ramen Noodle, hosted by myself and Jeremy Laughlin. Are You Just Watching? Originally hosted by myself and Eve Franklin. Now that's hosted by Eve Franklin and Tim Martin. The Audacity to Podcast, hosted by yours truly. Also, the additional podcasts that came along at different points in the growth of the network, Beyond the To-Do List with Eric Fisher, The Productive Woman by Laura McClellan, Christian Meets World by Jason Rennie, The Sci-Fi Show, also by Jason Rennie, Once, our Once Upon a Time podcast hosted by myself, Jeremy Laughlin, and several others, Welcome to Level 7, hosted by Ben Avery and a couple others, Wonderland, a spinoff of the Once Upon a Time podcast, hosted by myself, Jeremy Laughlin, several others, Under the Dome Radio, hosted by Wayne Henderson and Troy Heinrichs, as well as their other podcast, Resurrection Revealed. Both of those were TV show fan podcasts. And then I had a couple other podcasts that I did and kind of still do called Podcasting Videos by the Audacity to Podcast, which is really just where I put my videos in a separate video feed as well as on YouTube and inside the podcasting business, which was a one month experiment that I did. Yes, hosted on Anchor, actually, but I didn't let them use their RSS feed inside of Apple Podcasts. I used my own. And that was a short run series that I did for National Podcast Post Month. So these 14 podcasts were what the network contained over the years, not all active at the same time, but many of them were active at the same time and ongoing. Some of them are completely retired, retired years ago. Some of them are still going. So you can look up these podcasts right now inside of your podcast app or look up their websites. Their websites are pretty easy to guess, like theproductivewoman.com or welcome to level7.com and so on. And the individual hosts may choose to keep these podcasts online for as long as they want to, or they may at some point take them down, like a couple of these have been completely taken down since then. So what did the network do well before I get into critiquing my mistakes? I think we did quality really well. For the podcast that I hosted, I know that we focused on quality. Sometimes I think I obsessed too much on the quality of those shows. 
but we ended up with really high quality shows. And then all of the other podcasts on the network had very high production quality. And I think we did that quality very well as a network, even though we didn't have systems in place for recording and editing everything. We weren't all coming to the same studio. We weren't using the same technology. We weren't even using the same editors. Some of us were using Audacity or Audition or GarageBand. Some of us contracted out to John Buchanan. Others edited their shows themselves. And yet we did, I think, have consistent high production quality. I think we also had consistent high content quality among the separate podcasts on the network, even when the content that the podcasts were about, like some of our TV show fan podcasts, some of those TV shows ended up just really falling off the radar and, and just really falling from grace and becoming horrible TV shows. But the podcasts continued to be entertaining for their audiences. So I think that we did quality really well. I like to think that we did branding really well, too. I really wanted to let every podcaster have their branding first, and the network branding would be second. That's why we never had a bumper at the beginning of episodes to say, like, this is a member of the Noodle Mix Network podcast. We put that at the end. And with all of the cover art and the website and everything, the network branding was an afterthought to so much of this. Yes, there was a bar across the bottom of the cover art, or we eventually switched to a badge in the upper right corner that indicated the network. I think that the individual show branding was good. We had good design, good websites, a unified visual branding. I used the same theme on most of the websites and designed that to really focus on what seemed best for podcast websites at that time and made it simple for the podcasters to use. So I thought we did branding well. And I think we also did some rallying for support well. Like whenever we tried to get into the People's Choice Podcast Awards, we always made it into the finalists with, I think, every show we got in there, or almost every show that we tried to push in there. And one of our podcasts did even win. And that is this podcast. The Audacity Podcast won the award for number one tech show in 2012. And that was possible because of the network, as well as all of the other times that our podcast made it into the finalist positions. Those times were all because of the power of the network, where I was able to drop an episode into all of the network feeds to say, here's how to vote for us. Here's how to nominate us in the awards and drop videos in there and give each of the podcasters a little commercial that they could play or instructions that they could read in their podcast to encourage everyone to nominate us and then vote for us when the voting was daily. I think that we did do that pretty well. I think we also did sponsorships pretty well. I handled the sponsorships myself for a while, and then I finally got smarter about it and started contracting out that sponsorship negotiation and handling to, at that time, Jessica Kufferman when she had her own podcast sponsorship agency called JK Media. And then she sold that to True Native Media, run by Heather Osgood, and I started working then with Heather and the True Native Media team to handle those sponsorships. I thought that for those podcasts where the sponsorships made sense, I think we did those well. But what I think we didn't do so well, and these things weren't what caused the death of the network, but they certainly contributed to my decision to retire the network. I think that it's in the name. Our network was a mix of podcasts and too much of a mix. I called it Noodle Mix Network. 
with podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed because I realized, well, think, laugh, succeed, those three words describe all of the shows on the network. So I want to make sure any new shows that I bring into the network also fit into those somehow. And it just wasn't obvious to the audience. And really, it didn't matter to the audience. There was no audience-relevant common theme or benefit to the network. Yes, there was the general benefit that our audience could know that other podcasts on our network were also clean and also high-quality production and high-quality content, but that's not what people are looking for. They're not just out there looking for, hmm, I'm going to go to Google and search for a podcast that's high-quality production, high-quality content, and that's clean. No, that's not how people generally think about trying to find a podcast when they want something new. We didn't have a common theme. Now, we could have tried to make ourselves a TV show fan podcast network, and you could tell by my list of podcasts that we had on the network, there was a time when I started shifting in that direction because I saw other podcast networks that were having some success focusing on TV shows and the opportunities that that opened up for them. But it just wasn't quite fitting with what I wanted to do, as well as how we'd already positioned the network. So we did not do well at making a common theme that made sense for the audience and that benefited the audience in any way. There really wasn't a compelling reason to check out other podcasts on the network because they were most likely, in general, they were not relevant to our audience. In very few cases did they actually matter. It did, however, matter for a couple or a few podcasts, like, for example, Beyond the To-Do List and The Productive Woman were both productivity-focused podcasts, so that made sense, but you wouldn't get that from the network. You wouldn't know that, oh, this is a network of productivity podcasts, so I know that any other podcast on this network is going to focus on productivity, but from a different perspective or intended for different applications. No, that wasn't part of the network. There was no audience-relevant common theme among the network shows. I also think we didn't do cross-promotion very well. There were some times when I tried to focus more on this, but it didn't work well. I didn't lead well enough. I didn't seek to enforce, and I don't mean enforce like it was a police state or anything like that, but I mean enforce as far as more like equipping our network affiliates and our network shows to do the cross-promotion and really focus on it. What I really should have done would be something like, all right, this month, everyone promote this podcast and the latest episode of this podcast, or maybe make it a weekly thing. Say, this is the podcast we're going to promote this week. This is the podcast we'll promote next week and the week after that and so on. That's a better way to build cross-promotion on a network. But that's not how we did it. We really did it quite poorly. Another thing I think we did poorly was cross-integration. I wanted to see something similar to This Week in Tech and some other podcast networks where the co-hosts would cross back and forth among different shows and be guest co-hosts or guest panelists on a particular podcast. But I found that that didn't really work well because our network was such a mix for your noodle that it just didn't make sense. Like Eric Fisher didn't watch the TV show Once Upon a Time or certainly didn't watch it as much or as long as we did. So it didn't make sense for him to join our Once Upon a Time TV show fan podcast. I was very interested myself in the TV show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I didn't start watching it until in just the last couple years. So as much as I wanted to contribute to that podcast, I never got to watch the show. So 
I couldn't contribute in that way. And the same thing with our other podcasts. It just didn't make sense for the shows to exchange and borrow co-hosts here and there. There was a little bit of cross-integration through some interviews, like Eric Fisher interviewed me a couple times on his podcast, and I think Laura McClellan and Eric Fisher interviewed each other, contributed to each other's podcast, which that made great sense for them because they were both productivity-focused podcasters. I also think that creating a full and consistent community was something we failed at with our network, something that I didn't lead well in doing. And what I mean by that is where we would have a single community so engaged in everything we did. Yes, there were those times where we could rally our audiences to do something, but that was really rallying each podcast's siloed audience to do the same action. We weren't really getting the audiences to talk to each other much. Like once podcast had a really strong, thriving community through our online forums, our live chat and such, but some of the other TV show fan podcasts just weren't interested in doing that. And it would have been nice if we had more of that cross community with those other podcasts. I didn't set it up to be like that. And it wouldn't have worked even if I implemented the technology for it. It just wouldn't have worked because of how mixed our network was. So those are some of the things I think we did poorly with the network. The biggest one really being that lack of a central audience-relevant common theme to our podcast. Like you look at This Week in Tech, it's a very obvious theme. Technology from the last week. So all of the podcasts on the network are about what's happened in the last week of that area of technology whether that's general technology or Linux or Windows or Google or whatever else that that network is focusing on with their separate shows. Or look at something like the Trek.fm network, where every podcast on that network is about Star Trek. And some of the shows are dedicated to specific spinoffs of Star Trek, whether that's like Star Trek Enterprise or Picard, that's the new thing, or the original Star Trek series. Some of the shows take a more thematic approach to all of the Star Trek universe. And they have a great network there where you know that if you subscribe to one show that's about Star Trek, or if you are a diehard Trekkie, then you probably want all of the other shows on that network because they're all about Star Trek. So why wouldn't you then go listen to all the other podcasts on the network? And I've seen other great podcast networks with this audience-focused theme like Horse Radio Network, or there's an Archaeology Network. There are other podcast networks out there that have this common theme. So it makes a lot of sense for all of the podcasts to be on the same individual website, to be under that banner of branding. And it makes a lot of sense to cross-promote, to cross-integrate, to have a full and consistent community experience for the audience. Noodle Mix Network didn't have that stuff. And as much as I would try here and there, I also realized I just don't have enough of the motivation or the time, the personal bandwidth to do all of these things that I want. My mind is that of an entrepreneur where we get all of these ideas and we're so tempted to chase rabbits and start all of these new things and new ideas. And I was starting too many and managing too many things. That brings me to why I retired the network in 2019. I'd already been thinking about it for a few years. I talked with some of the hosts 
of the different podcasts and had conversations like, well, maybe when this particular thing ends, we should go ahead and end the network relationship and take that as an opportunity to help things spin off and such. That didn't happen until spring 2019 because I really decided that even though the network was profitable for me, I wanted to focus, I needed to focus on fewer things. Life was uncertain for me, even back when it was certain and I thought I knew the structure that I could have in life. I still felt overwhelmed by how much I wanted to do with the network, but couldn't at that time. So I just needed to simplify, to stop focusing on so many different things and to focus on fewer things that I could do much better. So I retired the network to allow me to focus on fewer things. And yes, it meant taking a hit in income, but it also meant fewer stresses. It also meant fewer people asking for my help here and there. And I felt bad for some of the podcast hosts who on the network would ask me a question and apologized every single time they asked for help. I let them know, no, this is what I'm here for to help you with this. This is why you're part of the network so I can help you with this. So they weren't a burden, but my being available and knowing that I needed to be available was a burden. Not the actual work, but just knowing that something could pull at me. Or like when my network websites might go down or I'd see one site is down, but not the others. I'd have to try and figure it out. Or the server was having problems that brought down then a dozen different websites and all of that complication and the expense of the bandwidth and different things. It was just getting too complicated, too much that I had to think about. So I really wanted to focus on far fewer things. So that was the biggest reason I retired the network. The second big reason was to give each podcaster more room to expand. I think that as a network together, we did help each other. And I'm so honored to hear from very successful podcasters today who were part of the network who credit me for helping them in their early days to really get that momentum to grow their podcast and how I do see and I could see the things that we did on the network that would help the individual podcast grow more. But there was a point where then those podcasters wanted to do more than really fit inside of the confines of the network. Just for example, from my own site, theaudacitytopodcast.com. Whereas most of the sites on the network needed the same plugins and needed to do the same things, for the Audacity to Podcast, I wanted to sell courses, a WordPress plugin, and do a lot more business-oriented things through that website. So that meant different plugins, different needs on the server and such. For our Once Upon a Time podcast, we had a forum originally powered by PHP BB, but then I migrated that over to BB Press with BuddyPress. That was a huge strain on the network because that one site accounted for so much of the space in the database and the complications with backups and everything and the performance issues with that. And the other podcasts on the network then couldn't use some of those tools because they were being used by one podcast or the other due to the way that the licensing and the technology worked for those things and the way that I had all of this put together in a single WordPress multi-site, which I don't really recommend so much anymore unless you know every single website on that network needs exactly the same kind of stuff with very little variation, which generally isn't the case. By retiring the network and helping these podcasters split off and become entirely independent again, I still look at our network as being a network of independent podcasters because each podcaster 
had their own creative control, their own decisions. There were some things that I maintained some veto power on, but that was very, very, very few and far between when I had to do that or even consider doing it because I wanted the podcasters to function as independent podcasters with the support of the network. So it was kind of hybrid in that sense. And I think that did work for a while, but we were hitting those walls. And I was already having conversations with a couple of the podcasters where they were telling me about some things they wanted to do. And a couple of those things I could tell, although they're not saying it, these things they're wanting to do are clearly things they can't do when their podcast is in the confines of the network. And then we start having more serious conversations about splitting the network apart and recognizing the freedom that would give each podcaster and also the freedom that would give me then to focus on those fewer things that I needed to focus on. So those are really the big reasons why I retired the network. And I announced the retirement of the network in a post on April 10th, 2019, almost exactly a year ago. And here is what I said in that post. And I want to read this to you. Uh, The link will be in the show notes for this episode as well, but I want to read this inside of the podcast. From April 10th, 2019, Farewell, Noodle Mix Network. When I started Noodle Mix Network in 2010, originally written noodle.mx network, but always pronounced the same, I had a vision to bring together high-quality independent podcasters to help each other grow through cross-promotion, collaboration, audience crossover, technical assistance, sponsorship management, and marketing enhancement. After almost nine years, I'm proud of what our team accomplished. 15 podcasts hosted by 18 talented and creative people, more than a dozen volunteers and professional contractors. Many of our audience grew from listeners to podcasters themselves, nearly 20 million downloads of all our podcasts, finalists in the People's Choice Podcast Awards every year we tried, resulting in more than a dozen finalist nominations, finalists in the Academy of Podcasters Awards, one People's Choice Podcast Award, multiple features in iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audioboom, Spreaker, Podbean, and more, top-ranking shows across several categories, extra income for several of our hosts, celebrity interviews and relationships, and best of all, a lifetime of relationships built with each other and with our audiences. Now, it's time for us to move on and focus on greater opportunities. So we've decided to retire Noodle Mix Network. How will this affect you and our other audiences? Actually, it probably won't affect you at all because the active shows will still continue at their host's discretion. Two of the long-retired shows may no longer be available. I then link to where you could still get the podcasts that were continuing or that were still online, and then a couple more sections. Was the network a failure? Lest anyone look to us as an example of a, quote, failed network, unquote, we all look at the list of accomplishments and see Noodle Mix Network as having been a huge success. None of us were celebrities, but together we accomplished amazing things. This came as a personal and business decision for myself to free up more time to focus on higher priorities and allow each podcaster to grow their shows in the directions they see fit. I'll share more insights in a future episode of the Audacity Podcast. Here I am a year later, finally sharing some of those insights. And then the last section, to the future. After we transition each show away from the network, you can expect to continue seeing great new content from the separate podcasts and maybe some surprises along the way. To close, here's a portion of the letter I sent to our team of hosts, writers, producers, and regular contributors. Dear friends, it has been a pleasure to get to know and podcast with you. 
When I started Noodle Mix Network, I had a vision to bring together high-quality, independent podcasters so we could help each other and grow our podcast together. After almost nine years of the network, our podcasts have been downloaded almost 20 million times and have been nominated for multiple awards. I think we succeeded. We've shared the laughter, joys, and successes of podcasting, as well as the frustrations. And I count it an honor to have gotten to know so many interesting and talented people and to watch some of you grow from fans to podcasters yourselves. With changes coming in 2019, I've decided it's time to retire Noodle Mix Network. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together, and I hope that we all move on to bigger and better things. May you continue to think, laugh, and succeed. Faithfully, Daniel J. Lewis. I'm proud of what each podcaster who's been on the network has accomplished. Not anything because of me, but because we got to be part of this together. And I got to see them grow and see them accomplish great things. And today, several of these podcasters doing some great things because of their podcasts or because of the experience they got from the podcast or the relationships they built because of the podcast and the network. I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just happy that I got to be there for part of it and got to help bring together some amazing people, extremely talented. So maybe a question on your mind as you're listening to this is, should you start a network or should you join a network? My general advice that I tell people, first piece of advice is don't. If you can get past that, then here are some additional thoughts on starting or joining a network. Maybe yes, if it's run like a business. You need contracts, agreements in place. You need structure. You need rules. You need enforcement. You need all of the stuff that really runs the network like a business. Whether you're running it yourself or you're considering joining a network, you need all of that in place. Like just for example, if someone joins your network and then they want to leave later, how much time do they need to give you of notice? What happens to their content if they leave the network? What if someone starts a podcast under your network? Like it's someone who is already hosting a podcast and they start a new podcast. They start it under your network or you're one of those people who starts a podcast under a network and then the relationship needs to split either amicably or maybe not so much. What happens? You need those legal agreements in place. And you need to see that the network is run like a business where people have roles and responsibilities and reporting to certain people and positions and who makes the decisions and different things like that. You do need that structure for a successful network. So if you can do that, then sure, a network might be a good idea. The other thing is, as the biggest mistake that I made with Noodle Mix Network, make sure that the network you're considering starting or joining has an obvious audience relevant benefit. Like it's all podcasts about Star Trek or it's all podcasts about this topic or for this particular audience or something like that. That's really audience relevant where when the audience hears it, they will be interested because it's just that obvious to them that, oh yeah, I like this thing. And you have more podcasts that are about this thing. Totally. I want to listen to that other podcast too, because that's exactly what I want. I don't recommend you start or join a network if it's more run just like a club. Or you may remember from the 90s or early 2000s, the blog rings, where you were simply part of this ring of bloggers. 
And all it really was was simply a badge on your site or a link or some kind of rotating promotion or something like that. And I see some, quote, networks, unquote, out there that are like that. They're really just clubs, not true networks, in my opinion. So I don't really recommend that you do something like that. Now, there can be a place for that. Like maybe all of the podcasts about a particular TV show decide that they're going to kind of form a club and cross-promote each other. That's cool. That's not a network. That's just a friendly agreement to cross-promote each other. And I've done a little bit of that with my TV show fan podcast for Once Upon a Time. It was a lot of fun to just overcome that idea of competition and recognize each other's strengths and really do some fun things together and cross-promote each other, listen to each other, highlight certain things that each other were doing. That's more like a club, a social club of some sort, not a network. And we never had the Once Upon a Time podcast network. It was just Once Upon a Time podcasters that we would talk about each other sometimes here and there. Now, if you want to dig into this more about how to start a network, then my friend Dave Jackson created a great episode, and I was thrilled to be part of this episode from a couple years ago. The episode was called How to Start a Podcast Network, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and I linked to that in the show notes for this episode. Tap away or go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash noodle mix. That's all one word, and the mix is spelled like the word should be, M-I-X. Feel free to go there, comment on the show notes, get any of these links that I mentioned, as well as check out some of the other podcasts that were at one time on Noodle Mix Network, which is now retired. So I hope that this helps you, gives you some lessons from some of the mistakes I've made, some of the things I think that we did well as a network, gives you some things to think about if you're in the same place of considering being involved in a network in some way, either leading it yourself or joining someone else's network. If you have any questions or comments on it, I'd love to hear from you in the comments at theaudacitypodcast.com slash noodle mix. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to start and grow your own podcast for passion or profit. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.